Welcome to MSP 1337. I'm your host, Chris Johnson, a show dedicated to cybersecurity challenges, solutions, a journey together, not alone. This week is episode 97, and we're going to be talking about data protection, a moral obligation. Now on with the show. Welcome everybody to this episode of MSP 1337. I'm joined this week by Joshua Smith of Veronis. Welcome, Josh. Thanks for having me, Chris. Uh, I think this is like your second podcast. Ever. Ever. Yeah. Uh, I think it's your first time on the show. Mm, I think that's going to be a, a hard false on that one. For first time this month. This month, yes. There, okay, there, okay, there we go. Yeah. So you had posted on LinkedIn talking yes. about data classification and that prompted me to reach out to you and say, hey, I think it was something to do with uh, sensitive data sprawl across on-prem cloud, multi-cloud, and so on and so forth, uh, about sensitive data being you know, uh, protected. And you said it best as we were getting on the show, where do we draw the line between what the moral responsibility of a business is for protecting data versus maybe more of the uh, maybe I don't even know where to go with that statement, but we have a moral responsibility with protecting data and not all data is created equal, which is kind of a funny statement to say because we were just, I was actually just working on an insurance, had an insurance conversation about, they're like, you know, you check the box for like backups. It's like, okay, well, is it backups for all data and it happens every hour or every 45 minutes or whatever it is, or hey, certain data gets backed up maybe only once a year. So like if you're not adding and removing employees for your security door entry system, why are you backing it up every 45 minutes? That's just to have another backup. Like I, I think that's, you know, we say this in, this, in the managed services space, uh, I back up everything because it's easier to back up everything than it is to figure out what is the real necessity. Storage is cheap. Um, I'd rather have the, you know, the warm fuzzy. But going back to sort of the premise around today's conversation and moral responsibility around data classification and sensitive data being out there, uh, where do you even start, Josh? Because I, I think this is a, a difficult conversation for a lot of solution providers to have with their clients who say, oh, I don't really care about that. I'm not you know, regulated by any one body. And so I, I don't need to do that. Yeah, and I, I run into that on occasion and it's I find it very frustrating because it's if I don't have to do it, I'm not gonna do it kind of mentality. It's like kids. Uh, yeah, yeah. And sometimes that's driven by the the C suite, the board of like if it's not making us money, you know, there's no budget for it. Right. We run into that a lot where, you know, they 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 budget for A V, they budget for email, they budget for all these sure. things. When it comes down to like privacy, compliance, uh, data protection. It's, it hasn't really been talked about in very simple terms, so there's there's no budget for it. It's always next year, yeah. right? And so, I mean, I, you know, I would say that well, there's no, you know, there's no maybe there's no regulations about against you know posting passwords online, but that's just kind of a duh thing, right? You don't do that, and just well, because there's not a regulation that says you shouldn't do it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it, right? And, that's and if how you don't about... wear a seatbelt, your car will chirp until you put the seatbelt at least click it into <laughs> position, right? Yeah. Or, or if law enforcement sees you, they'll pull you over and give you a ticket. Yeah. Right. And so do, should we self-regulate 
as as an industry, as a data industry? Should we self-regulate or should we wait for the the government, which is forever behind when it comes to technology, to start to tell us what to do? Right. So, so you're saying do the right thing rather than wait to be told to do the right thing. Yeah. I, I don't see why that's such a hard concept to, to grasp is that, hey, listen, you've got all this PHI, PII, PCI data exposed on your network to everyone in your organization. Well, we don't, you know, yeah, that's how this conversation came out. It's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we're not regulated by any of those co compliances. And I just kind of told them, it's like, yeah, but don't you think you're morally responsible for protecting that data? And it's kind of like, well, yeah, but that's not, we don't really budget for, for morals, I guess, was, was his response in a certain way. And that's like, that's like, like okay. going to, a, that's like going to a hotel and going, you know what? I, I feel like my moral compass is off. Do you still guys, do you guys still have the Gideon Bible in the drawer in the hotel room? And is that an extra fee? If, if it if is, only, I don't want it, but. If, if only there was some data compliance. I mean, maybe there is, <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, so it's, it's, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, should be leader, should we follow? Right, when it comes to protecting people's data. And it, and the problem is also it's, we're almost becoming numb to it because it's happening so often. But I feel like it's becoming happening so often is because it's we're, we're not leading with data protection. So let's go down that rabbit hole for a minute. Lead mm -hmm. versus follow. Because I, yeah. I think both still tell you that your moral compass would say that whether you're leading or following, it's not the same as doing nothing. So sure. let's, let's take the, let's take the follow stance for a minute. Mm -hmm. I don't believe for two seconds and you and I go back in time with, we've had clients where I guarantee you there was no moral compass really with the particular <laughs> client saying, I am so concerned yeah. about my patient's data. And then would give us examples of all of the patients that are, would have a really hard time if anybody knew about them being there, not yeah. who they were or sorry not why they were there just the fact that they were there just yeah. the fact that they were in the vicinity of that area in that specific city right yeah that's not the same thing as what i would call um what you're saying lead because i think leading is harder because leading requires a much more advanced understanding of what it is that they're protecting so going back to what you said you threw out a lot of acronyms so in this follow model how many how many of our clients truly understand what constitutes PII, PCI, PHI? And for those of you who don't know, those are three very distinct different frameworks that are all about protecting different types of data. And I think when someone says that they're not regulated by anybody, so what does follow or lead look like using follow as the example? Well, you don't want me sharing your financial records with your friends and family just because. And that's just friends and family. You'd have a really hard time if I said, this is my current numbers. Yeah. So if I'm doing the follow model, what's an example of following without being regulated that you can think of? Uh, you know, compliance frameworks out there that, that we can leverage, even if we're not regulated by them, they can give us a, a path, you know, whether it's PCI, whether it's HIPAA, Right, whether it's CCPA, even if you're not regulated by those things, they do give frameworks for you know how to classify this data and, and what can be done to help protect this data. And just because you pass a PCI exam or a test, right, or an assessment does not mean you're secure. So I always like to throw that caveat out there. Compliance does not equal security. 
but a complete lack of supply uh, compliance does show, I think, a lack of security. So I think there are things out there that we can take advantage of, you know, whether it's NIST or whether it's PCI or, or you know, whether ISO, what, you know, whatever you want to take advantage of. There yeah. are there are things or checklists you can even get a hold of that say, you know, here's how we define sensitive data. Here is a good starting place to secure this sensitive data. So I think that's where the follow is is to say, look what already, look what's already out there. Don't you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Because I feel like a lot of times people feel overwhelmed trying to eat the whale at once, right? They need to they need to be pointed to the tail and just say, just take a bite. Just yeah, take a tiny yeah. little bite, get a taste. Right. right. Take it from there. Well, and so before we get into the, the lead part, I mean, you know, House and Senate both just, you know, what was it like? I want to say it was in the last week or so. Actually, no, it was June. So it's been a few weeks. Uh, they released the bipartisan federal privacy bill. So like we're literally looking at and the the lack of all 50 states, for example, having real agenda around privacy, uh, you know, you mentioned CCPA for California, you know, Massachusetts has one and, the, you know, one, one would agree that some have like the copycat law and the copycat is either following GDPR or they're following CCPA. And now suddenly we have, for those of you that haven't decided to follow or lead uh, we're going to take that away from you and we're going to put this in play because we, you know, enough's enough, right? We've talked about the following, you know, following from a, from a data privacy standpoint, you know, you mentioned some of the different frameworks, you know, one that I get excited about. And of course I'm a nerd when it comes to frameworks is CIS because it's, it's not a regulated framework, right? Like versus HIPAA or uh, SOX, SOC, you know, some of these that are regulated frameworks. Um, they all have sort of the same premise though, right? Like the whole premise is to protect specific types of data. And if you were to just pick any of those frameworks and say, okay, if it's sensitive data, this framework, I can probably use it and apply it to any data type and improve the posture and, and follow that whole, whole moral obligation to say, hey, I'm at least doing something with intent to protect your data even if it's not hundred percent, because I, I think to your point and, and the point with your, your post was doing nothing seems really asinine. Just made this not PG anymore. Yeah. Uh, I think asinine, I think that still, think that asinine, still passes yeah. the, the, the Disney filter. I what about how many good. times if we say it too many times, like <laughs> let's say it five times, like, like um, I think Shit's Creek closing episode, I think the F bomb right. got dropped like 15 times in a row. I think maybe 16 is the limit on that case, yeah. but uh, I think it comes back down to control, right? If you can't control your data, then you're really um, up Shit's Creek. Uh, that you that even if you know what sensitive data is, being able to find where it is, you have to know where your data is going, right? And that and that I think becomes a bigger issue. And like that like that report was talking about, where I think they're saying 33 percent of the respondents were just like, I don't know, and I, I don't know if we even have any sensitive data in the cloud. Right. right, and that co that comes back down to a, to a lack of controls, and then you know speaking more into the 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 sys you know the sys controls, right? Of of being able to say, here's where my data is at. You know, I can put walls around my data. I understand how my data it, it comes in and, and goes out, and, and how I'm controlling access to that data. And the next level on top of that is then starting to classify that data intelligently to know that you know here's Jack, Grandma's chicken soup recipe. Here's a hundred. Here's an Excel doc with a hundred thousand credit cards in it, right? Yeah. So you don't want to just put up a giant wall because right. you know, like water, 
users users find a way right to just work the way through the cracks so we want to be able to enable them to do their job but also you know protect them from themselves and and educate them on what should and shouldn't be done with sensitive data so let's talk about that for a minute before we get into what does it look like to lead so you you bring up a really good point if you don't know the data so i i think about clients and that problem and that's probably it's a concern, right? This is a challenge for solution providers. They can't protect everything. Mm. I think it's relatively, I don't say easy, but I think solution providers have a pretty good grasp of what are the tools and services and data sprawl, if you will, in their environment. And often that gets uh, sort of a, a bad misconception internally because they're like, oh yeah, we got this because they're not looking at the fact that the 135 clients that they have, that they're responsible for protecting data. That's where you get into that whole shadow IT conversation. It's like, what do you mean so-and-so stood up Asana or Reich or Smartsheet or you know, fill in the blank with cloud app so that they could do be more productive, more efficient. The list goes on and on and on. And and for that reason, you know, I have a hard time trying to dismiss or discredit the use of shadow IT in that context. But when a solution provider is not really in there educating on what happens when you have that data sprawl and there isn't some sort of like guidelines or uh, you know opportunity to educate to say, hey, look, I don't want to take away the idea that you want to use Smartsheet or these other tools, but to just allow them be a free-for-all, someone, if not everyone, ends up losing. And this goes back to, I think, if everybody's operating under the the moral compass, the moral integrity, it's like, hey guys, um, I'm throwing this out there in order to do my job better and more efficiently, I would like to use Smartsheet versus just going and using Smartsheet or or product XYZ, right? Yeah. To, to, to do it on my own and think that I am above reproach because I, you know, I'm not obligated to protect the data. Well, and then the other problem happens is where you start to get that sprawl and then sprawl within sprawl. So you've got maybe accounting is like, oh, we're going to play around with smart sheets. And then you might have legal go, oh, we're going to go play around with genius sheets. And then you're going to go have some executives go and play around with brain sheets. And, and then so I'm going to play got, with Egyptian seats because yeah. I like Egyptian cotton. Yeah. And so then you've got this data going to all these different external silos yeah. that if the person that was kind of heading up that project leaves, maybe... That's now possibly, you know, orphaned sensitive data Absolutely. out in the cloud, right? And we don't know what kind of securities in that, you know, or, or if they get breached, right? That third party gets breached, then your data is, you know, vulnerable as well. Sure. And we see that time and time again, where you've got these developers for an organization that just park like a, a database in an S3 bucket or something like that. And that gets exposed and it never should have happened. Well, but it's because of, again, who who is watching the people that are handling the sensitive data and what kind of guardrails are we putting around that data usage? Well, let's let's ask this loaded question here. So okay. password managers, we don't have to get into a specific or maybe sure. third-party bookmark tools. Remember remember good old delicious? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I was going through some cleanup in my password manager, you know, running a little security thing, telling me what how crappy my security is. <laughs> and I can I can honestly tell you of the umpteen bajillion passwords that I'm trying to track, I started doing cleanup and I, I'd say I probably spent a, I spent a couple hours over the weekend on it and just, you know, move, move, you know, a little bit forward every time. 
I would say 20 to 30 of the needing to do a better job with my passwords mm-hmm. were tied to sites that are actually no longer in business or I no longer have an actual account with them anymore because I've been absent for so long. They've deleted my, 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 my data. You know, I'm no longer a profile in their environment. Yeah. Now, just for those of you listening, my MySpace account is fine. I did change the password Phew. on it. So wow. yeah, I, I will be at the next Metallica concert. I can guarantee that. Um, Send, is that what my Facebook is for? Yeah, I was gonna say send send a Facebook message to Tom asking to reactivate you. Right, right. Yeah. But that is a, a a good example, I think, of of siloed data. I have forgotten about it. Bothers no one else really, right? But that stuff still exists. And and for those of you like listening to this, it doesn't just mean digital. Like we with cybersecurity is what we focus on, but like. Mm-hmm. Uh, the good old days of untangled solutions uh josh i was cleaning up this weekend to put my bookcase yeah. behind me and yeah. i found a couple of notebooks that i had I, i've kept some because they're they're good you know reminders oh. of, of yeah. life oh oh yeah but i did get i did get rid of a couple because they were like they were more like chicken scratch notebooks like you know like when you're sitting on the phone and you just take jot stuff down and i was flipping through it and i was trying to figure out what year it was because i didn't ha- I hadn't written it in the year down oh. and i think i got about halfway through it and i'm like oh i remember this year that year sucked and I'm like, burn this one, please. I don't need that reminder anymore. <laughs> so uh, but like that's that's data that like lives on, right? Like if I don't burn that, there's data in that notebook that feasibly are, yeah. jeopardizes everything that I'm doing in the digital space. Yeah. And and kind of taking it back to analog, I just this also Boom. kind of keeping off of a, of a story uh, that, you know, back when we were working with uh, doctor's offices, we, we heard through the grapevine of essentially a retired doctor who had all his patient notes, right? You know, they, they took all the, the all, yeah, they took all the, the patient files, you know, put them in the, yeah. the moving boxes, put it into his storage unit. Yep. He went off and retired, ended up like, I guess, forgetting to pay his bill. So yeah. they essentially repoed the, 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 you know, the storage locker, they open it up and it's just boxes and boxes of patient records. Right. And that's kind of like a, a real world example of, you know, letting your keys expire or, or not paying for your AWS account or something along those lines, you know, and it's, it's, it's crossing that. So th- these are the similar problems we've, we've been having for a long time, but because of the fact that, you know, you would have to physically access that locker to get those files, as opposed to now, if you leave a bucket open, anyone in the world can, yeah. can potentially access that. So it's kind of a, a multiplier of, of efficiency, but also of risk. So, and that's well, why it's important is as we take those boxes and scan them and and put them up into yeah. uh, the the cloud with its with its G Make drive. Make sure you get rid of that analog record. Yeah. Hey, yes, destroy those records. <laughs> you don't um, need two but, versions of jeopardization, but, right? Yeah. But but B the the risk of that data now kind of explodes because sure. you you have to know how to properly secure that and understand how to how to control who has access to it and then also audit being able to understand who has access to it right be able to monitor that and then be able to understand you know what that sensitive data is what can be shared with everybody what can't be shared with everybody and we see this problem time and time again as we do risk assessments yeah you know, companies we're talking to and office 365 because a lot of times the the anyone link was default if someone just shared something with somebody it would create a universal link so right. if you know you and I were having an email and I drop you this link of sensitive data and then 50 replies back later, sure. you know, we we add in, you know, we 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 add in somebody else and they happen to scroll to the bottom of the email, 
they can click on that. They have, now they now have access to data that we never meant them to have access to, and it's and it's sensitive. So this is the kind of stuff that we're running into with with the proliferation of teams, people sharing all sorts of files. And I'm going to go burn my notebooks right now. Like you're making me really like, and and you mentioned doctors and all these other things, and I mean yeah. celebrities, and I, I'm pretty confident that you actually know what's in those two notebooks that I want to burn. I'm almost positive. I, pr- uh, I probably do. Yeah. You can ask me about that offline because that is not <laughs> going on this episode of MSP yeah. 1337. Okay. So yeah. let's let's move on to yep. sort of the leadership side or yep. or the lead versus follow. So so as I've been thinking about this, uh as we kind of been, you know, going back and forth here, see I my, think see that my, see my uh, my glass here. Ooh, that my is little, fancy. Little, that is a CompTIA pint. CompTIA pie glass, yeah. Uh, so, and, and I don't have a CompTIA pint glass, but I do have a, 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 a PC Matic koozie that came in like just randomly. So sure. they are not a sponsor of this show, but you know, Hey, koozie's a koozie. And so it's always good to let those who have shared koozies with you know that their koozie is in use. Yeah. Uh, so the lead part, I've been thinking yes. about this and, and what, what comes to mind for me is while I think everyone has an obligation to lead at some level, to to set an example, that's part of moral obligation as we've talked about. But I think that our vendors, by and large, who support solution providers, mm-hmm. have a larger moral obligation to set the example for solution providers to follow. Mm-hmm. And, sure. I, and, and I think as an example, I mean, for those of you that don't know, I'm working on the new uh, CompTIA Trustmark Plus for Security Trustmark Plus. And one of the questions I got asked the other day was, how many vendors am I going to upset with this Trustmark? And I said, well, what do you mean? And they said, well, well, what vendor wants to be put through any sort of scrutiny as part of, you know, say like CIS, I think it's, I'm going to draw a blank totally on what control it is, but like, you know, uh, service provider, third-party vendor management. And it's like, it's got a few questions in there. And and that supply chain is really important when it comes to security. And there are things that you need to ask for, right? Oh, it's control 55? 15. I did, I did it three times. Oh. I don't have enough fingers. I could have done like one five. That would be like six. F- or you could ser- just say out loud man. 15. That makes it really no, easy. No, you're, you're rolling. I don't, yeah. Okay. Okay. So um, I thought you were saying I have five minutes left to wrap this <laughs> no, no, no. up. No, no, um, no. But so I, I, okay, I get so, what you're saying though. But but does that is that yeah. am I remotely making sense? Like, is that fair to ask that question and say, hey, vendor, you you have some obligation? And I and I don't mean the obligation from the standpoint of like if you don't, you should be liable. I'm saying it more from the standpoint you should because your your solution providers, your partners, they don't have somebody currently setting an example for them. Yeah. So for those that don't know how to do it yet they need somebody to set an example or we just end up with a lot that wish they could set an example themselves. Well, that's, that goes to the lead, right? So it's, it's a, it's a, they're not obligated, right. To get to security plus trust Mark. Right. Right. Um, but if they do, they're showing that they, that they care about this stuff, that they care about data security. Right. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just, you know, looking at Ron's comment right on, on the, on that post. And he's talking yeah. about, it's probably much higher. He's like, hey, I'm surprised they said it out loud. And I was like, yeah, right, right, yeah. it's anonymous. It's I think that's, anonymous. What, that's why they're honest. Right? That's what tripped my trigger was like yeah. Ron's comment, like, oh, wow, some people actually were willing to say something out loud. Do you think they were telling the truth? He thinks they they under. He said some people probably held back, right? Right, and, right, uh, right, right. No one's going to voluntarily volunteer and say, uh, yeah, I'm responsible for data management. I have no clue what I'm doing. 
And right. or, or so. I'm like, um, come again. What does that mean? Yeah. And so I think going through these kind of industry, again, that's this is the industry regulating itself, right? By CompTIA saying, hey, we found a way to kind of like a, it's it's not necessarily a litmus test whether you should, you know, pass or fail or go with this vendor or not. But we're saying, hey, if you want to help lead the way into essentially improving, right, the supply chain, uh, you know, you know, help us by by going through this, helping us vet this, right, to make sure that, you know, if you go through this, and again, it's back to compliance, right? Just because they pass the mark doesn't mean they're sure. 100% secure, but it does mean that they show that they care, that they're taking an effort, and they're helping to improve that, that self-regulation that the industry, I, I think, should strive for before we end up you know, before we have Chris Johnson in front of the uh, the Senate Select Committee uh, oh, yeah. testifying on uh, oh, yeah. vendor security, that's, I think right? that's next week. By the way, yeah. yeah. So uh, you know, I think that's I think that's important. That's where things like in, uh, this survey was put out by CSA, so the Cloud Security Alliance. You know, they have their own kind of yeah trust mark, right? For when they it comes have a to great cloud. crosswalk for those of you yeah. listening on on other frameworks, right? So they got the Star Registry, I think, yep. right? So where they say, hey, you know, this security vendor, we we looked at them, and and they have they. Good, good security. Like we feel confident about what they can do. Not 100% guarantee, but again, sure. it's it's moving the needle. It's it's better than nothing. It's it's putting out that effort to say we're going to hold ourselves up to higher standards, yeah. as opposed to no standards, right? And 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 show that that we'll let a third party come in and, and kind of look behind the the curtain and say, hey, listen, they're they're doing a good job, and we have got good faith in them. So so not to trivialize leading, but I I was thinking as you were saying that. You know, what, what's an example of where I, as a consumer, would say they're not leading well, I need to find somebody else. And the first thing that came to mind was banking. So if I bank with somebody that their mm -hmm. online portal supports bill pay, yay, great, mm -hmm. I'm excited. But if it doesn't support, support two-factor authentication, no, that's not leading, yeah. right? Like that's yeah. not leading. And I'm not saying that they can't follow somebody else. But they have to set an example for the consumers that are using their products, which I think is very similar in the case of a solution provider or, or really, you know, anybody that we might be talking about today, vendor or otherwise. If you don't set an example for those that you expect to use your products, then shame on you, right? I mean, for lack of a better word, really, like you want to call it moral compass, you want to call it moral integrity, you want to call it basic business uh, 101 of how to stay in business. I, I really don't care what you categorize this as. The reality is if you don't take data classification and data privacy seriously, then quite honestly, I don't think you have any business being in business. At least a digital Boom. business, right? In a digital business. Yeah. I mean, right. if you want to so... like curate flowers or like, you know, <laughs> you know, put concrete in my driveway, by all means, as long as my invoice comes on a piece of paper, we're good. Yeah. Or you know, or maybe don't try to do it yourself. And right? I can there's, pay there's you in ton, tokens. There's tons of third-party vendors that can do things like handling payment transactions. So don't try to don't try to roll your own. Right? There's tons of vendors that 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 handle email. There's so many there's so many things at this point where digitally you could you could be a very brick and mortar shop and still have an online presence, but yeah. have very little actually tech, technical responsibility. I mean, you still have to vet your vendors now you're kind sure. of passing that on to your vendors so they need to be responsible but there's a, there's a lot of ways where you can kind of work smarter or harder when it comes to to protecting protecting the data and you know we're hearing about it more and more like you know you're talking about there's a ransomware in, yeah. in your state there's a, you know a ransomware in in a, a government agency in in Colorado that just happened as well and you know you really got to say you know when is enough enough when are we going to start to hold 
people's feet to the flames a little bit more. When are you going to start to hold maybe, uh, you know, uh, again, the whole uh, corporation is a people thing, right? Yeah. Can't really put a, can't really put a corporation in jail, but when are you going to start holding maybe, you know, CEOs more responsible for these kind of things? Because you can't put the genie back in the bottle. I'm not going to go get my social security never changed. Right. right. I can, I can change credit card numbers, but I can't change my, my genome. You know, right. the DNA, right. the DNA data. Excuse know, me. Can you change my Y chromosome? I don't feel like I want to be <laughs> just, this Y yeah, chromosome just, right now. It's really uncomfortable little, because of, you know, you, my thing, can you change my fingerprints? That would really be helpful. Just take a little crisper pill or something like that. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Burn, burn your fingerprints off something like That's that. Right. So, so, you know, it, it is a responsibility. It, it is difficult right but we can't just we can't just let people throw their hands up in the air and be like oh yeah we got breached but we're going to pay the ransomware and and we don't think that you know anyone's going to use this stuff and it's we're going to give you one year of credit monitoring cool thanks so i can see as my identity gets stolen or 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 for the next 12 months there's no activity (laughs) and then the monitoring ends and then it's immediately over yeah so so let me ask you a quick question before we wrap this up i i think about the the data responsibility i know this is coming i've I've heard from enough sources that this is coming vendors will have to disclose the level of responsibility and liability that they are burdening alongside you as their partner like no longer like hey yeah i know we're in the equation we sold you a product we have no liability that's changing so i think that um this is a perfect example of when vendors don't lead or when solution, you know, anybody doesn't lead at some point, there will be someone to go, wait a second. There will why be is reckoning. this still happening? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. Like yeah. it, it, it may not be an apocalypse, but like, we're going to actually make some changes here so that, you know, people have to wear sunglasses when staring at the sun or put a seatbelt on. And if they don't, the chirp chirp on the car will drive them bonkers where they'll get pulled over and have to pay a fine. Uh, to your point, the reality of data protection is somewhat similar to a seatbelt, right? Like we're not saying, hey, do what's unnecessary, do what's a burden or, or even should be considered a burden. This should literally just be par for the course. This should be what you going into business go, hey, I need to take responsibility for the things that I collect from my customers. And similarly, if I'm responsible for their environments that I'm doing due diligence to do the best I can to protect at the level that I've been given access to protect. Yeah. You don't necessarily need a, a five point harness, but yeah, lap belt, at least minimum, please. Right. right? right. It's not going to, it's, it's, you know, it's not going to prevent accidents, but it can help minimize the damage. And that's really what it's about is, is, is shrinking that, that attack surface, shrinking that, that risk surface, you know, sh- shrinking that blast radius of something. If something does bad, if something bad does happen and it, and, and it will inevitably, right. Just don't be an easy target. Damage. Just be less, less easy. Like less easy, but but also you know mitigate the damage, right? right? Put put a lot of safeguards in there. It's it's very straightforward stuff. Least privilege, you know, data classification. Maybe don't move to the cloud if you don't have someone that knows what to do in the cloud. Right. You know, these are some just fairly high level concepts. I'm not right. saying it's easy, but these are some of the things that we need to do as as data custodians, right? right? To make sure that this data is as safe as we can make it. But you can't just say this is difficult. Throw your hands up in the air, walk. Away. Right. Yeah, we're moving to the cloud, so we don't have to use VPN anymore. It's like, and when the government finally gets tired of people throwing their hands up, they're going to start to regulate, as they're already starting to do here. They're already starting to do with Colorado. We got a new law coming out, and you're just going to hear businesses saying, "Like, oh, this is unfair. Why are they doing this?" Right. And we should have said, "Hey, listen, you had the chance. 
You could have gotten together. You could have self-regulated. You could have done a lot of things. You sat on your hands because you didn't want to spend money on something that wasn't driving revenue. So guess what? It's time to pay the piper. Well, and, and I don't want to go into details and make this a different conversation, but we <laughs> see it in the credit card industry, right? Like how many retail merchants are still using credit card machines that don't have a chip reader in them? Mm-hmm. Like, come on, guys. Like the moral obligation here is to upgrade. You know, it, it sounds complicated. But well, it doesn't they have a chip reader and they're like, and I do it. They're like, oh, they have the chip reader. Yeah, the chip work. reader doesn't work. Yeah. I'm like, oh, so you don't want to pay for that? You don't want to pay for that extra? I feel like they would get better rates. I mean, I, I thought part of PCI was oh, absolutely. requiring chip. Yeah. So I still see places that don't use the chip. I just, I'm a little perplexed. I guess I just yeah. don't care Again, this is, it. this could be an entire rabbit hole of like, let's talk about MasterCard and Visa. But right, like, right. Yeah. that's, that's hey, not really the case. Hey, don't forget Diners Club, baby. Hey, you know, you, you. you know, as as I heard a recent speaker uh, present on, he's like, you you want to really wow a woman real fast? Tell them about how you're going to pay with Discover Card. Hey, still there, still around. Still that's around. right, that's right. Well, Josh, uh, as always, uh, I appreciate your time. Yeah. Uh, for those of you listening, this has been an episode of MSP thirteen thirty seven. Thanks, and have a great week. <laughs>